Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Joel Venko, CIO at Bay State Health. In this segment, Venko talks about what it takes to sustain a successful ACO, how his team is creating a single source of truth while moving to an integrated platform, and the strategy they're using to keep analytics out of silos. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvata.com. Okay, so just to get uh, an overview of, of Bay State Health, I know you're a pretty uh, decent-sized system. Um, we have about high, five hospitals? Yeah, so we have uh, five hospitals now after our two acquisitions. We're about a $2.5 billion organization. We have 90 medical groups uh, we also have a health plan that we own called Health New England, uh, which has roughly uh, 150,000, 170,000 lives. Um, and we're also a next-gen ACO, uh, one of the, I think, 18 now. Uh, originally, we're 21. Now there are 18 <laughs> next-gen ACOs. Okay. So you've been able to uh, stand the test of time so far with that. Well, yeah, so to speak. We're... we're um, we feel hopeful that we have the, uh, the ability and the, the partnerships across the region to really push forward with this new value-based uh, arrangement and uh, risk-sharing arrangement, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll benefit uh, the partners as well as the patients. Yeah, it's really interesting, and you can tell why it's a, it's a topic that's of such interest uh, throughout the industry right now. Uh, everything is consolidating, and uh, reimbursements continue to shrink, and so... Uh, there's, a, of course, a, a push for uh, innovating on, on how uh, you might deliver care differently, more efficiently, more effectively, um, at, at higher value. So we hope that this, um, you know, will show that this is a, certainly a possible initiative or what, what one would think to be able to do in, in, in light of uh, value-based care is certainly possible. Uh, but it takes, you know, it takes a whole uh, army and a whole village to be able to pull this off. How long has the ACO been in place? The ACO has been in place for, uh, at the very least, five years, okay. um, if not longer. Um, right, because it was a pioneer, right? That's right. And then we went into MSSP. Yeah. And, um, and those, you know, proved to be, um, let's not call it um, savings that we, we could actually share revenues with, with uh, CMS on, but, but certainly provided some insight to, um, being able to to decrease cost, be more efficient, provide higher value, and so we decided that going into a, you know the, the next gen ACO would give us to you know put us at the next level uh, of this risk sharing and value based care delivery model. Okay, and as far as the EHR, um, what do you have in place in the hospitals? Our main EHR is Cerner. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have deployed uh, both inpatient and outpatient for, for Bay State Health. Um, we have acquired, as I mentioned, two community hospitals, both of uh, which were on uh, Meditech and all scripts in the ambulatory setting. And actually, one of the hospitals didn't have an ambulatory EHR in place. Okay. So we're, we're deploying Cerner across those environments now as we speak. Okay. And what, what does the timeline look like? So we're slated to complete our deployment for Bay State Wing uh, in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. And shortly thereafter, we're going to be starting with uh, the second acquisition 
and, and hopefully within 12 to 16 months um, post March 2017 will be completed with that um, implementation, both uh, inpatient and outpatient. Okay. And so, so in the meantime, does it, does it, I imagine that it does present some challenges having uh, the hospitals on different systems. It certainly does. You know, certainly we've got physicians that see patients in the community, you know, between the, those entities that have Cerner and have uh, a record that's other than Cerner. Uh, but we are using our health information exchange to uh, enable some level of integration and um, centralized view of patients who uh, are shared among these non-integrated entities. So uh, we do have a solution that enables a clinician who's seeing a patient out at Bay State Noble uh, in the region, and um, that patient has records centrally located in the Health Information Exchange. Uh, so they'll be able to see that from their Meditech record. They can launch it with um, a single click or single sign-on, and um, it's as seamless as it can be, you know, without being fully integrated uh, across uh, Cerner and Meditech. So right. um, it's a nice solution in the interim. But certainly uh, we would like to have a centralized system for a variety of reasons, uh, including analytics and decision support, uh, obviously. Right. And you mentioned that, that one of the hospitals did not have an ambulatory um, record in place. And so is it, is it easier in that case? Well, I guess easy is not the word, but does it make it a little um, uh, less challenging to say, to, okay, you're going to go on to the Cerner system? Well, certainly the, the technical deployment is, is, um, is a little bit less challenging because, you know, when, you, when you're migrating uh, an EHR that they've had for even two or three years, you have to consider migrating data um, into the, the, this new centralized record. And so um, there's a lot of, of work to be done in that regard if, if you decide to migrate historical digital information into the new centralized record. Um, when it's sort of a clean slate, you still have to you know, provide some level of pre-population for patient demographics, et cetera. But um, certainly the challenge is more focused on user adoption and training and, you know, understanding the new workflows. And if those clinicians who have been on paper uh, are more reluctant to get onto the computer or the digital environment, it, it, that certainly is a challenge. Um, so I wouldn't say it's easier, it's certainly different, but certainly the, the technical challenges are, are, are more focused on uh, user adoption and user training when, when there is no incumbent EHR in the environment. Right. Okay. Are you doing some analytics at this point, or is it something you're looking into for the near future? Yeah, we do analytics today. Um, so we have done analytics in the past, uh, quality, analytics, safety, um, reporting. Uh, also, you know, some level of, of uh, predictive analytics uh, namely focused on um, you know, things like readmission uh, prediction or uh, utilization um, analytics. But, um, you know, those, as in many traditional uh, health systems or many health systems in the past, they've been sort of siloed. You know, different groups will take on those analytics and they'll use different sources or, you know, sources that they've created uh, out of systems that are in the environment. And so what we've been focusing on over the last two and a half years is really developing what we call the Center for Analytics. 
and uh, that's really focused on taking the data sources across to map them, normalize them, uh, so that we can begin to see a source of truth, but also have uh, confidence that the data that's in the Center for Analytics has high integrity and is curated um, consistently and constantly. We've created a central repository mm -hmm. um, because it helps us ensure that we are achieving data that's uh, of high integrity and data that's, that's normalized and standardized um, and that you know, we can ensure a, a single source of truth that gets us to an answer that we feel confident in when we're trying to um, you know, either report or develop analytics so that we can ensure that we have good insight and knowledge um, of what's going on in our environment. Right. And it seems like this is another thing that's really just an ever-evolving strategy just as far as how you look, look at analytics and, and what, what data is, is needed the most for, for clinicians. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a strategy that many health systems uh, have to get into if they haven't already. We've already digitized our health record, if you will, um, and many of the other parts of the business are digitized. And so really now the, the challenge is how do you take that data and derive knowledge and insight from that data so that you can actually take action appropriately? And, you know, I think the misconception by uh, many of the health system leaders is that this is easy because now we've digitized the record or we've digitized, you know, our scheduling system or our financial systems. Um, but there's still work to be done to normalize that information or that data rather so that it can become true information. Um, and that takes investment. It takes resources in some level. At some level it takes expert resources. But it also takes money and time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, it's not as easy as just pulling data out and then seeing some very cool graphs and and very cool um, visualizations that yeah. uh, takes a lot more effort to actually get to that end game. And I think it's, it's prudent and, and, and worthwhile to actually make sure you've got a good information um, architecture and strategy so that you can, you know, reap those benefits of, of good information and, and, and insight continuously. Because if you, if you just do it as a sort of ad hoc a project or as a, you know, a one-time, you know, analytic, you can't reuse that, right? And you're not even certain if you can reuse it. And, and that's really, I think, it becomes an expensive proposition and you're certainly not creating a path towards, you know, sustainable analytics, which is really what you want to get to. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.